first one, I lost 100 pounds. I uh, kept it off by God's grace for 18 years. Uh, thought maybe I had graduated, stayed in program, uh, but entered relapse and ate for 10 years. Uh, welcome back to Sue. Congratulations on coming back. Um, I didn't leave, but I didn't choose abstinence for 10 years. And then uh, by the grace of God in the 12 steps, as people say, I've lost 100 pounds again and been in recovery for 12 years now. And I do thank God. I'm really happy to be able to talk with 100 pounders. You know, in all these years, I've never been in a 100 pounder meeting. Uh, it's really kind of surprising and maybe I'll start one myself uh, just for those wonderful experience. I do feel that those of us who play around with 100 pounds have some different issues maybe uh, than others. And um, I don't mean we're different and special, but, but I do think we have some that maybe not everybody has. So um, I pray that I will say what God wishes me to say and that whoever can benefit from hearing any part of it will do so. Um, so I made out the list of the things I wanted to talk about. And of course, this is my plan. I don't know what God's plan is. But I thought I'd tell you my plan, and then if we don't get to it, we don't get to it. So uh, I wanted to talk about what it was like to be an over in the beginning before I found recovery. And I've discovered that I can stay in there too long saying what it was like, and that I forget to then tell you the positive things. So I kind of want to be careful of that. I wanted to tell you about my step two experience. I wanted to talk about relapse and what the signs of it were for me, and then tell you what brought me out of relapse. Um, and then I've had some recent experiences I thought I'd talk about. You understand I'm pushing everything into one little thing here. Um, I wanted to talk about the part of the big book that has saved my life. Uh, even though the whole big book did, there's a certain part that really has made the difference. And that's pages 86 to 88. But I'll talk about that when I get there. I thought I might read a poem for you that I wrote that's already up on your website. I read it in another San Francisco meeting. And above all else, the first thing I do want to say, I, I don't know why, but there is... A, a sentence that has come to mean a great deal to me in the last couple of years. And it says a lot about program for me. It isn't a, a big book statement, but it is. We each come with a gift. And if we do not use our gift, the world misses out. 
and it's taken me a thousand years to understand that I had a gift. So I just want to make sure I get that said. Okay, so what it was like, I was um, an overeater from the time I was six. I was always stealing food. I actually hate to admit this, I've never said this in a meeting, maybe it's time after 40 years. When I was 11 years old, I went downtown with a friend of mine and I shoplifted cashew nuts and uh, chocolate almond, whatever, and got caught and had to appear before a judge. And the thing about it was we had plenty of food at home, lots of food. I, I had all the food I needed. But already, I, there was never enough food, you know what I mean? So I hope that convinces just that. I hope that convinces everybody I'm really a compulsive overeater. I've lied about food. I've stolen food. I've eaten out of the garbage can. Uh, I've done everything I could to get food. And, and again, there was never enough. So that's what it used to be like. So when I first came into program, I was sharing with Priya, I guess. Uh, the first meeting I went to, I was sure everybody was crazy because they were sitting around crying. And we did not cry in my world, uh, nor did we talk about crying. That was no, definitely didn't do that. So I was sure you were all crazy. And I was, of course, very sane. So I didn't come back uh, for a while. And then it's really true, man, but I, I got desperate enough. And, uh, you know, you got to be pretty desperate if you're willing to come back when you think everybody's crazy. Uh, but desperation's a wonderful thing. So I hope there are people here tonight who are desperate. Uh, that's going to save you. So I did come back, felt at home this time, the very first night. I uh, got a sponsor who was a kick-ass sponsor. Uh, she came from AA. And um, I had learned that if your sponsor says jump, you say how high. Uh, and she said jump a lot, that woman. Uh, and I said, how high a lot. Uh, I just basically wanted to humor her, even though she told me stuff that I thought was ridiculous. I still said how high and kind of did okay, I'll do that. And um, she, at one point I had gone to hear her speak and these were the days where the speaker could call on people to share, right? That was a good thing 40 years ago. I used to, that was, there was something good about that. Anyway, I was sitting in the back, hunkered down, and of course she called on me right away. So I went up to speak. My knees were knocking. I was terrified. I was so pissed at her for calling on me. And I said, I don't know what I said. But when I was walking back to my seat, way in the back of the room, 
and people were clapping. We used to clap after everybody spoke. People were clapping just because I'd done my little share, whatever it was. And she turned to everybody and she said, isn't she wonderful about me? Do you know nobody in my life had ever said, isn't she wonderful? So I try to remember that now with the people that I sponsor. And really, I think that was part of the beginning of my healing was that. So I had 18 wonderful years. I did lots of service. I tried to be the OA poster child. I was on radio, I was on television. Only on television, they had to block my face out, which really pissed me off because there I was on television, I'm, you know, but not really. So after 18 years, as I said, I felt like I had sort of graduated and I had a lot of changes happen. I had the, I, I landed the job of my dreams in Switzerland and uh, got away from program. But what I really started to get away from was my personal relationship with my higher power. And it goes real subtly. It, it just was so subtle. I was doing spiritual study and I figured that took place of sitting and talking to my higher power every day. And it does not, uh, here to tell you. So before I knew it, I was eating again after 18 years. And it's true, the disease waits for us. Um, so within probably less than a year, I had gained back 100 pounds. I, uh, by then I had moved, well, after that I moved from Switzerland Massachusetts where nobody knew me for another outstanding job and um, I would go to meetings and I would make what the big book refers to as a declaration as a resolution I would say I've seen the light I know how to do it I'm going to lose weight now I've got the whole thing does anybody relate to that? I don't know. But, yeah, thank you. Um, a man, I've got it. Declaration. Never worked. Funniest thing. I began to be afraid that after 10 years now, I was continually eating. I could not get it. I, I couldn't get it back. I, I couldn't. And now I recognize that one of the reasons I couldn't get it back was I never made a decision. And that's what the big book talks about. We make a resolution, oh, I'm gonna do this, but we don't make the decision. The resolution has a lot of ego in it. I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna make this happen. But the decision is, I turn my will and my life over to God's care. Two totally different things. So the only thing that brought me back into recovery was this. I had decided, 11 minutes I've got, um, 
I had decided that I was old, so it didn't matter if I ate myself to death. <laughs> and that I was too old to start being absent anyway. And therefore I was hanging on to my food. And of course my food became my God. That's what happens. And um, as if nobody here knows about that. Um, and then I happened to be at a gathering and uh, somebody said, the speaker said, what is it you're doing that's keeping you from the abundant life that God has planned for you? And I knew instantly, you know, my mind says, I'm overeating. Uh, but that didn't matter to me. I mean, I just acknowledged it to myself. I made a decision this time I was not going to give up my food. And I figured maybe God had given up on me anyway. Because I'd been sitting in God's eyes for 10 years. So I was probably lost. So I want you to know when they call God the hound of heaven, um, another way of putting it is being pursued by grace which is a statement I love, uh, that began to happen. And that exact question in those exact words came up for me in different places at least six times in the next four months. I mean, it was uncanny. It was like God was saying, come on, look at this. Come on, look at this. So I attended another uh, study thing, and and uh, we had to choose a rock, choose a partner, and the rock represented, guess what? What we were doing that was keeping us from the abundant life God had planned for us. And honestly, and we were to pray about it, and we were to think about giving our rock up and symbolically giving it to the person we were speaking to. So uh, I knew I wasn't giving up Iraq. I picked a woman who was the opposite of me in every way. She was tall, she was thin, she was blonde, she was young. And I figured, oh, she'll never understand what I'm going through. Anyway, she told me about her rock and she gave me her rock. And I held up my rock and I said, I'm compulsively overeating and I'm not giving you my rock. I'm gonna keep it, because I'm not gonna give it up. And I expected this poor, innocent, young little child, you know, to give me a lecture and I was all ready. And what she said was, no, that I am carrying your rock with you. That's all she said. Didn't give me a lecture, didn't do. And I just, I was moved, but I still wasn't giving her my rock. So I went home, I argued with God all day long. I am not giving up my rock. I can't survive without my food. You're not going to help me anyway. This isn't going to work. I don't know if anybody here ever says that. And uh, 
before I knew it, 12 hours later, I had fought the good fight, believe me. I found myself on my knees saying, God, please take my rock. I'm sorry I do this every time. Anyway, that was 12 years ago. God took my rock. And, um, and I'm abstinent one day at a time. And nobody knows better than I that uh, I could stop being abstinent tonight. So it is a precious gift. And for me, a lot of it is based on my relationship to my higher power. But the impetus for me to give up my rock has to be something positive. It cannot come from shame, which I know all too well. It cannot come from my shaking my finger at myself and saying, you really have to do better. You really have to do better. You know, aren't you ashamed of yourself? Well, yeah. I mean, shame was my constant thing. It, the impetus for giving it up has to be positive in this sense. A small, small belief that I can have a more abundant life. A small, small belief that maybe when I stop overeating, I'll become more of who I am, which has really been my experience. When, when I stop the dance with food, with God's help, I become more of who I am. And that is worth giving up anything. And it doesn't take a lot of faith that that's going to happen. It just takes a little tiny. Maybe, maybe I can have a better life. But do not tell me that if I don't stop eating, I'm going to die because I will go out and eat. So it can't be a negative impetus for me. Does that make sense to anybody? Um, yeah. So since then, I've had lots of challenges. I'm going to say just real quick. I have had health challenges this last 10 days uh, with outcomes that I don't, that I'm wrestling with. And my sponsor reminded me to place, to give God my health care which has been a big relief, actually. Uh, and being asked to speak tonight was just perfect. I've only been home from the hospital four days, and I've been dragging around, hardly able to walk to the end of the corridor. Uh, but knowing that I could speak tonight just brought up all my hope that I could share whatever my gifts might be. 
Uh, so I would like to read you my poem, which might take more than three minutes. Uh, it's, it's a poem that, as I say, I read at one of the other meetings. It is on your podcast, uh, whatever, on your website. And I've, le- I've left, left my name and phone number and email uh, for anybody who wants to get in touch with me about it or about anything. I love to talk program. So this is a daily prayer. I wrote this 10 years ago for a woman who, and I told her I'd lost 100 pounds, asked me how, and I said prayer uh, for some reason. And she said, what do you pray? And I said, I pray all the things I've learned in OA, and I'll write it down for you and give it to you. So I put into this prayer everything I'd learned up to that point. So here you go. Spirit, big love. Here are some things I know. I know I am beautiful in your sight. I know that you love me as if I were the only person in the world. I know that I do not need to lose weight to be given your love. And and I know that I do not need to lose weight to be proud of myself or to make someone else proud of me or to gain anyone's love. I also know that you have given me a body that is a temple to be taken care of. In your mercy, forgive me for not taking care of it. Forgive me for damaging myself and for eating in a way that has made me so unhealthy in so many ways. You see, and I know you understand, I have a disease. I'm not responsible for having it but I am responsible for recovering from it. Forgive me for moving farther away from you by seeking to heal myself with food instead of with you. So those are some things I know. What I do not know is how to control my eating. What I do not have is the strength to eat in a healthy way, no matter how many times I lose weight, 100 pounds and more, And no matter how many diets I go on, just when I think I have it all solved, I overeat again, even though I don't want to. I am tired, God. I am beat. God, I give up. I can't do this by myself. Help me. I know that you will help me if I just let you. So, God, I humbly make a decision today to turn all this over to you. Grant me the strength this day to eat in a healthy way so that I can move toward a weight that's healthy for my body. Just for today, just for today with your help, I can do what I could never do alone and what I could never do if I thought I had to spend my whole life doing it. I will go to any length to abide by your will. When I hear your voice urging me to make a healthy choice, I will rely on your strength to do it. And I commit to doing that just for today. Just for today, when I am hurting, I seek to find my comfort in you, not in food. Just for today, when I am angry, I allow myself to experience it and then I turn it over to you. 
just for today when I am lonely, that happens, especially now. I seek to know you as my friend, not food. Just for today when I am worried, I ask you to give me the serenity to accept what I cannot change. Oh boy, am I doing that now. And the courage to change what I can and the wisdom to know the difference. Just for today, when I feel wounded, I seek healing in you, not in food. Just for today, when I want more, more food, more happiness, more love, more attention, more peace, more things, I ask you to be my more. Just for today, when I feel guilty, I confess to you what is weighing on me, repent, and I accept your forgiveness with open heart. Just for today, it's about one minute more, I'm hurrying. Just for today, I will list for you all the things I'm grateful for at this moment. And right at this moment, it's speaking to all of you and having program and having a higher power that I think is with me most of the time. Uh, Just for today, I will seek to be a blessing to someone else, as you will. In all of this, I ask that I may fulfill your purpose for me this day. I affirm that you keep your promises, Spirit. You continue to carry me all the days of my life. I trust you will indeed help me this day. Amen. Thank you.